Welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Today we're going to be trashing everybody's everybody's lineups. That's what we're going to do. So we're going through daily face-off, checking out like beat writer tweets and stuff like that, and just going to shit on every single team's because that's what we've mostly been doing anyway, and it, it mostly has to do with Toronto. So I don't know if you guys want to go in alphabetical order or if you just want to get Toronto out of the way and just start shitting on it now. What do you think? <laughs> we can go straight mean girl style for all I care. That's right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Joe Thornton's on the top line, apparently. Um, over under five games that it lasts. I would go under five minutes. Yeah, I, I definitely like the under two because there's no way it stays. Um, I think it won't even stay like that for one game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're known... He, they're known for moving people around, so I think they're going to do it. But uh, you're definitely going to see Hyman on there. <clears throat> yeah, he's too, he's too good. Like they might try that every once in a while, but that is definitely not. The, he can't keep up. There's no way he can keep up for more than so. A shift Elliot year. Elliot Friedman, I guess, reported that it was part of the sell to get Thornton in Toronto is that he would get on that top line. The key word that stuck out to me is that he was sold on he would start out on the top line. So. Over under five games. We want to hear what you guys think. Let us know at FHF Hockey on Twitter. I'm taking the under. I think as soon as as soon as you get like a two on two that could have been a three on two, but Thornton's still lugging his ass like just at the fucking the red line, yeah. and they're already at the hash marks. It's it's there's gonna be done. That's no it. Way. Power play for sure. He's the best passer of all time, maybe, but not. That makes five sense. On five. Not that five, makes five, sense. Five. The, we're good, definitely going to get to the power plays. I want to also, I should have prefaced everything by bringing up a really good point that uh, the prophet in our discord brought up. You're going to have series like baseball series in hockey. So the likelihood of any line combination staying together for more than like two or three games, especially when you're playing the same team, like if you get walloped, you're not going into round like the game two with the same lineup. So Line combinations don't focus on them, I think, as much this year. Raj, you've been bringing up duos a lot, and I think that's what we're going to ride a lot of this year. So the streaming, I think, is going to be the biggest strategy is catching on those those third wheels, the sidecars that are going to be all over the place. What do you think? I totally, totally agree. And I think you also mentioned in there streaks. I had a note that I think you're going to see a lot of that, like like duos, obviously, that like playing together, swapping out third wheels as they're hot. But I think for fantasy purposes, like streaks are going to matter a lot and playing the wire is going to matter extra this year because it's hyper-condensed and uh, way less games, right? So if you if you get hot for like 10 games or something, that's a quarter of the season. So I think it's really important to watch those third wheels. And if you got like a Joe Thornton up there with uh, Marner and Matthews, maybe, you know, stream him. And then if they do something, you know, get Hyman in there for a bit, they, apparently they've been trying JVC yeah. in weird places. And But it's worth yeah, watching. The, I, don't, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> the streamer spot is going to be more important than ever, I think, this year, too. So 
your last round should definitely be a flyer if you not like a Philadelphia flyer, but you know what I mean. If you're haven't done your draft already, that's that's what I would do. Just punt your last pick. Take somebody that's going to be good in the first couple weeks. Uh, Keeping Carlson just put out a tweet. Pius Suter has a real juicy couple first weeks, so that could be a fun one. I just don't know how much I'm touching uh, Chicago like right off the bat. So line two, like you guys were saying, Jimmy VC. I don't know, man. Like that that's that could be Mikiev, that could be Nicholas Robertson, it could be all types of players. Yeah, it's so weird too because, like, you know, now they also have like Wayne Simmons. Like, he's mostly a fourth line guy, but he can play all around too. It's going to be Toronto's going to be interesting. One of the wildest things I want to see if I can find it here is is the power plays. Man, they, from what I'm gathering, have split their units, and it's not pretty. I think it's Tavares and Nylander down on the second unit, which is kind of tragic. Here we go. Power play one. Matthews, Marner, Thornton, Simmons, and Riley. Power play two. Tavares, Nylander, Hyman, Spezza, and Miko Lettinen. Initial thoughts. Boo. Boo. Nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, boo. No. It's not pretty. I mean, Toronto's a team where you, you stack the top power play and just yeah, blow should, the north it should away. Be, it should be Matthews, Marner, Riley, Tavares, and Nylander. And that's the way it should be. And then you want to you want to throw, you know, Hyman in on that second one, Thornton in on that second one. Go right ahead, Simmons, if you want to, absolutely, be my guest. When I think of like power plays and which are the most effective, I'm looking here. I got Edmonton, Boston, St. Louis, Vancouver, Tampa, Toronto, the New York Rangers. Like all of these teams have that stacked top unit, and then as soon as you start to get to like the middle, the bottom. I don't know what happened to the Capitals this year, but they were just middle of the pack. And so was Pittsburgh. But those are, those are two traditionally very potent power plays and they go like 80% usage on the top unit. That's in my opinion, the most effective way to do it. Best players for the most amount of time, rather than like a split approach. I understand Thornton. That's a lot of fun. He's really good at passing. Like Simmons is a net front guy that I guess they never really had before. I don't like it either guys. So I don't, I don't know what I'm making of this other than Miko Lettinen. I think his value goes up a little bit in like a league deep enough that you are looking at power play two guys. I don't know. I think the only real actual thing that's going to happen is they're going to load the top power play with basically what Zach said there. And then I could see like if Nylander isn't producing, I could see them swapping him out and bringing in Joe or Simmons just to change it up. But it's such a potent top five. It seems ridiculous not to just have them all out there. You would think one that's like super close to home is that the Flyers are switching up their top six. I think you're going to like it too. So the top line is Lindblom, Couturier, and Travis Konechny. The second line is Giroux, Hayes, and Joel Farabee. What are what are we thinking? This is kind of this is detrimental, I think, to Claude Giroux's uh, production and probably value too. Well, I think that Giroux is there the most is. hurt by this. I do like Konechny and Couturier there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So it's like you lose one to get the other. Uh, Giroux's value goes down a little bit. Voracek on line three. And then Voracek on the third line. Mm. But Daily Faceoff has it listed as the best Nolan third Patrick. line. No, 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 no. He is not. He actually scores at a pretty decent rate. I want to see something from Nolan Patrick this year. I really do. It looks like they're obviously trying to look at uh, what the future top line is going to be, right? Like Couturier is relatively young and Konechny and Lindblom and trying to start to 
Starting to migrate the old guys down the list a bit. Another thing I thought was interesting coming out of Philly is the the power play situation. So you do still. Have I am Claude concerned as top, to why they don't have the Eric Gustafsson on the top power play, and they have Ivan Provorov. I was looking at something else uh, today that just showed it was like one of those heat maps. Ivan Provorov on the power play uh, versus even Shane Gossespierre on the power play, and Gustafsson. He's three out of three. So I don't know what's going on here. I fully expect Eric Gustafsson to finally take that top power play unit. They had ghost taking reps too. And Charlie O'Connor was saying that that ghost looked pretty good given it was only, I don't know, probably 10 minutes they were running the drill, but take that for what it's worth. Shane Goss is bare on the top pairing as well. I don't know. Is there, is, is there any like is hidden gems the, here? Is this the year that they trade ghost? I hope so. Maybe is like up his value. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the trade deadline's pretty, pretty close. It's like mid to late March too. So, you ship them out real quick, and we'll see what goes on. We'll see. I think it goes without saying. Voracek on the third line, that's kind of a bad look. Anybody that might have taken Voracek in drafts or was eyeballing him as like a late round. Um, again, lines are going to be very much in flux, but this is this is different, very different. Yeah, they'll definitely be flux, but I think you know that, that definitely looks like a, an obvious move to, to get younger. So let's check it out. Detroit right now, nothing really weird going on there um yeah nothing really weird it's just it's, it's kind of like top line or bust so we will see let me think about what some other weird ones were you know who's interesting is calgary they have been wacky up and down man so they did move Lindholm to center and i think they got what kachuk on the left side and then dominic simone on that top line too Gaudreau, monahan and levo mangiapani backland jesus christ they got nobody on the right yeah. side here. Apparently, I was listening to Hockey Central today, and they had a, a Calgary a Calgary beat writer on, and he was saying pretty much what you were saying earlier. Like they they have those three duos pretty much set, and then Simone and Levo have been swapping out between the top two lines there. Well, that's what they did. They in the off season they picked up like three or four wingers, and then you're kind of shoehorned into it. You have to move Lindholm over to center, otherwise you have too many wingers. I think I'm looking at Bennett. Well. Even though Beating the Sam Bennett, I we'll see. Um, apparently, it's it's looked okay. It's just a really strange setup. Rasmus Anderson on the top power play unit too. I know what do you call it? Daily Faceoff doesn't have it here, but that has been the case. Is that Rasmus Anderson taking reps on the top unit? If you remember going back to last year before they got Eric Stavson, Rasmus Anderson was taking reps on the top power play before. I guess even that it was it was Giordano, but Rasmus Anderson took the job from Giordano. In broad daylight, you know. Yeah, no, I heard that uh, it is. It's definitely him uh, and Giordano. Uh, they want to move him because he's old as fuck now, right? And they yeah. want to limit his minutes. And I mean, look at that top defensive pair they've got there. They got Geo and Tanev. Fucking so, shut down. I think they. That's what the Calgary guy was saying earlier today. That they want to really make that like give them real ability to use them as a matchup pair and not have Geo on the power play when they've got uh, other people who can do it. That's a serious Am shutdown. Am I the pair. only one that wants to see Yusuf Valimaki and Rasmus Anderson play on the same line? Oh, I think that could be fun. They need to be on the same pairing. That's what I would do. I'm pretty sure they shoot the same. No, I guess not. Yeah, they got Valley on the. That would be hot. I would like that a lot. Sorry, Noah Hannafin, but you got to go. <laughs> oh, he's not bad either. So let's let's go close to home with you, Raj. Hoglander on the second line here um, yeah. with Pearson and Horvat. Now, this entire offseason, we were you know chirping in the Discord. Hey, man, like with, you know, talking to all the Vancouver Canucks fans in there. 
what the chance is that Hoglander could make the team. And, you know, consensus opinion was that it's still a ways, but closer we get, the closer it looks like this could actually be a line. I think they're giving him a long look at camp. I don't know if I'm totally confident. Like, I'm not going to draft him, but I'll definitely watch list him uh, if he makes the team. But damn, dude. Exactly. That was, that was about to be money for Vertanen. Yeah, but I mean... Vertanen got all those th- stats from the third line for the most part in the past. I don't think it's a bad position for him to be sort of like the overqualified shooter on the third line kind of thing. But man, if Hoglander could step in there, that would be such a huge relief. And I notice that we do not see a certain name on this whole page, uh, but we don't say it anymore in case it makes him appear again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Louis Erickson is nowhere to be seen. Louis Louis. Thank you. If Oglander can come in there, that's Louis huge. Erickson is a running joke around here. <laughs> oh. That fourth line is brutal, man. Beagle, Mott, Tyler and Sutter. Mott, Jay Beagle, and I, Brandon Sutter. I like Mott. Mott's great. He's a banger, yeah. But uh, the other guy who's not on this list because he's um, injured at the moment is McEwen. He'll be replacing probably... That's right. Uh, who knows? But they had also talked about in an interview that um, they're they're trying to use Sutter. Unfortunately, um, hmm. yeah, it's going to be an interesting bottom line. See what they do. But they're really high on McEwen, and he's young and cheap, and he's a relatively uh, good offensively, and he's a banger. And we want him in there. Get some of this old ass. Get some of that beagle money out of here. You guys are giving uh, Travis Hamanick a tryout too. He's pairing up with Quinn Hughes as it stands. Top power plays looks exactly the same as it did last year outside of Toffoli for Besser. Yes, Second power play has got Edler and Schmidt on there with Pearson Gaudet and Vertanen. That's that's a good looking that's a good looking power play, man. It's all right, but you know what is also a thing too is the lineup is gonna change right on day one because on day one Furland goes into L T I R because he's basically going to retire. Um, apparently, he can't play ever again. Mm. So All because of the concussions? Just, he's got so many concussions. I mean... That's that's too bad. I've always been a big Michael Furland fan. But another cool thing is uh, Eel Levy has been uh, playing. So, yeah, he's been impressing people, so hopefully he, he comes through as well. Edler's only got a few more blocks left before he falls apart. <laughs> I don't think that's Uh-oh, true. Uh-oh, TJ, that's bad for you. Yeah, you're number well, six. Yeah, today. dude. Oh, God. That was so annoying. How many nightmares um, did you have about that? I still think about it. Uh, looking at the Blackhawks lines, like with Taze out, a lot of people are going for uh, for Dylan Strong. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. If you're like caught in the middle of trades where you're getting Dylan Strom, I think it's a bad call, man, because we don't know what's up with Taze. It's it's like super ominous what's going on. I guess he had symptoms or something, and it's the, there's a lot of mystery around it. But we don't know how long he's going to be out. For all we know, he's going to be back a week into the fucking season. And all of a sudden, you took Dylan Strom or traded away somebody for Dylan Strom, and now he's playing with Kubelik and Pius Suter. So, I don't know. Where, where does this drop Taze's value in the draft? I, I've been, I, took him, uh, I took him pretty late. In in the draft I was in with um, fantasy hockey trades, the Invitational, with the, like keeping Carlson and um, shoot, I so forget who else is in there. What round was it? Do you recall? Late, like uh, it was a twenty five round draft. I think I got him in like round twenty one. Oh my! So he he'd probably hit waiver wires going into drafts because not a lot of leagues are twenty five rounds long. That's crazy. That's someone I wouldn't mind picking up and stashing right in the IR. Mm-hmm. 
or even drafting as your last pick and then going to pick somebody yeah. up on the wire uh-huh. just to make sure somebody else ain't thinking the same thing. Do you guys think anything of this Chicago lineup? I think it's a sad time for Mr. Kubelik right now because, you know. Yeah, yeah you know, he, that's he, kinda, right. he, he was playing well. Um, yeah, he's just got nothing. With Taze around him he's and just such. got nothing. Like, he's on an island. Pius Suter? Come on. Lucas Walmart? Yeah, Lucas Lucas Walmart is not a, a second-line center, for sure. <laughs> he's not going to... He's not going to fund your breakout. That's, that's I wouldn't sure. mind seeing Soderberg on on that second line as opposed to Lucas Walmart, but that's just me. Yeah, well, and what's really scary, unfortunately, is they they want to lose, right? Like they want to they want a a good chance in that lottery. I mean, so I don't see them making any valiant efforts to fix this. You know, I want to talk about their power plays, and I forget what the the combinations were, but I think maybe it was. Adam Boquist. What's your guys like realistic outlook for Adam Boquist this year? I just, I don't see how you can be great there. If he's on that top power play, then he is, he is worth having on your team, but he needs to be on that top power play. What do you guys think of like Philip Ronick comparable without like the et cetera stats? You know what I mean? I just could points. see that. I see them. Yeah. I see them kind of right in the same mix. It's like 35 or 40 points in an 82 game season. So if, if your league's deep enough to warrant like a Philip Ronick, Adam Boquist, I think would be pretty, pretty close. That's fair. But I mean, personally, those are exactly two guys I avoid just because it's so uncertain. I'd rather, I'd rather get if the D that late. I'd rather just get someone who you can at least count on. Not I mean, at, if there's nobody left, if, if Ronick's at the top of the pile, man. That's true. If you can get him on a on a super late round, but I mean, he's no Edler in the sixth. But you know, jeez, <laughs> Jesus, You're, uh, like I, I took a little jab. You're really rubbing it in. Oh yeah, man. I gotta. I gotta. So, but I don't blame you. I'm a fan. Yeah. Too. Well, you know what? You can't just have McKinnon, Drysaddle, and McDavid on one team and get away with it all the time. <laughs> Something's gonna That's bite true. you at some point. I'll fix it. Check out these Oilers lines, guys. R&H McDavid cash in as if Tippett did not learn his lesson. Is, is that Tippett up there, the coach? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. But anyway, as if they did not learn their lesson in the play-in round, uh, they are going to try the Cahoon dry settle Yamamoto pairing, it looks like. And it's Zach Cassian on line one and not Jesse Pugliarvi, as many thought, taking him in a late round, just as like a flyer. He's going to be one of those first-to-the-waiver-wire type of guys. So keep an eye on Jesse Pugliarvi. I think they're definitely going to give him a look on the top line. I hope that the, the R&H dry settle Yamamoto line comes back, but what are you guys thinking here? Seems pretty odd to me. Like, Pugliarvi is the kind of guy, like, you just if you are going to have him, he should be definitely top six. Like, he doesn't seem to serve much purpose down there. Like, when you have a guy like Cassian who's perfectly suited to a third line, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Because they love putting Cassian up there with those guys because, I don't know, he kind of takes care of McDavid. He takes He's care of Tom Wilson, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they tried they the same thing with Maroon for that reason. And it works for him. Like, don't get me wrong. Then sometimes he'll, you know, stumble into a goal and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I, I'm actually super excited for RNH. No surprise there. And super excited for Dominic Cahoon. Yeah. But Cahoon, that's going to be a great late round pick, too. I think if you are looking for just like a like a sleeper or, a you know, high risk, high reward type of guy, that's no better place to do it than right there. Yeah, man, and I mean, I mean, we all know what Yamamoto did in, in in his stint last year. So if he can get cl- even close to that kind of production, that could pay off. 
Kapow. Power plays are going to be exactly what you think. It's it's the big guys and then Tyson Berry. Tampa Bay, nothing really crazy going on here outside of like Tyler Johnson's in the top six, but it's a top six that doesn't include any of the big guys. So like, what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on this second line? Killorn, Sorelli, Johnson, what's the short-term outlook? Or I guess even season long because Cooch is out for the for the long haul, man. Yeah. Could be another another top six to watch because if they make any changes. Is it though? Or is it just a top line to watch? Well, that's kind of what I mean because like, you know, Palat is not stapled there. So whoever, if they do swap anybody out, it's going to be him. And it's it's a good place to be. So that, that's all I mean. Yeah, I mean, you would you would think so. But I've also seen them stick by Palat when he wasn't doing well either. And they still kept him on that top line. Um, I, I don't hate that second line, to be honest with you. Srelly down the middle and then Kalorn and Johnson on his sides. That's not a horrible line. That's a that's a scorer's line. Tyler Johnson will surprise you. And and uh, Kalorn and Srelly are not too shabby either. And I think it's been Tyjo that's getting the power play time too. A lot of times he does when somebody's out. Is Israeli on the second unit at all? Yes. DFO is taking forever According to load. According to DFO, mm-hmm. and Palat is on the top yeah. line. Sorelli, Maroon, and Gord. And Johnson. Getting some Yanny mm-hmm. Gord time on the PP there. Yeah, we'll see what they do with that first power play unit. I know Kalorn's coming into this year determined. I think he never scored even 20 goals before this year and then potted like 26 in a shortened season. So... I'm not hoping for much out of Kalorn. Top power play and top six, it's hard, it's hard to ignore. So I don't know how interested I am in him yet. Mm. You interested in Marion Gabrick? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. That was quick. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and I don't blame yeah, you. I'm kidding. Uh, how, how about uh, a backup McElhaney? I don't see him playing much. Oh no! You you had brought it up in our in our goalie episode that Tampa doesn't even have a ton of. Um, yeah, they have the least back to backs. So, yeah. and Vazzy is just the best. And he's young and he's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> he's the best. I don't like talking about him. It makes me jealous. So, my original thought on the Boston Bruins is that it was, it was going to be Craig Smith on that, that top line, just at a, sh- like, you know, he's kind of an advanced stats darling. Uh, him and Andre Kasha, they, they got options at right wing to replace Pasternak, but they're going with Jack Sednika. Uh, natural center playing a wing just, I guess, to get used to things. Maybe he wants to play alongside. Maybe they want him to play along Bergeron just to kind of get that victory lap as many lessons as he can uh, until Bergeron's ready to ride off into the sunset. What are you guys noticing about this Boston team that has Matt Grizzlick on the top power play? Well, you know that they have a real right winger who's going to come and take his job back. So I think possibly they're trying to figure out the the middle six what's going to happen for when pasta comes back because you know no matter who's in the right wing spot they're getting replaced pretty damn quick yeah and just the like stud, short-term stream kind of thing yeah the stud could uh could get some points off the bat but he's gonna get demoted pretty darn quick i i was and i think everybody was expecting craig smith but yeah but i, I think it's i think it's smart though i mean you're seeing what you have in in studnika for the future like you talked about do you want to keep him there? Do you not want to keep him in that top six? But he's not going to be on the first line, so you might as well put him out there with some good players, see what he can do. Make him feel that's, good. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they really want him to make the team, so there's no better way to have you look good at camp than to play with Marshan and Bergeron too. So uh, that that right. one to me is is not one that I'm like super confident in. 
uh, sticking, but uh, it's still worth noting. The new, the new Captain Bergeron. That's right. Did you see what they did to him too? Did you guys see that on social media? They they gave the seat to Marshand as a joke, and, and filmed uh, Bergeron's reaction, and he was just like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> but then Ber- then Marshand gave it to Bergeron. It was it was pretty good. That's funny. I did I did not. No, see I did I did not. That's funny. Zach, your hometown. Well, your current residence, Carolina. Nino fucking Niederreiter keeping Patrick Liney's spot warm for him with Sebastian Ajo and Tara Vinen and Sveshnikov with Trocek and Fast. Is Carolina going for the same thing like the duos or what do you guys take away from this one? Dumb. I am personally incredibly surprised because Svech belongs on that top line. Yeah, 100%. I really don't like this. Let the second line suck. Like have I'm when you have that like you have a a three-way that works so good like that. I'm all for like just overpower teams when you can do it, right? Like Toronto can do that. Um, you know, the Canucks kind of have a line that can do that. These guys can do that when you have it. Like I'd way rather see like have one absolutely dominant line than, you know, now it's just kind of like Svetch has got to struggle with, with that. And like, you're just wasting that overpowering line. Cause you can basically leave Nino alone now and just take away some of the, the opportunities from the other guys. Sucks. Over under 10 games. Because I think they do. They might play this one out. I don't think... I think under 10. I'm pushing over. I think they want this to work. Because we have been talking about duos a lot. You look at what um, what Tampa typically does. That's a team they're going to be facing a lot this year. Florida, you'd imagine that Barkov and Huberto is one duo. They don't really have a second line anymore. That's kind of a shame. But... <laughs> You know, the duos seem to be the way with kind of just that sidecar riding along. Yeah. Um, it's just they tr- they tried this. They've tried this over and over, and it just they did. So who didn't is the happen. second duo though? Who's who's the other well, half of the special? I guess duo? you're you're hoping that Sveshnikov can breathe life back into Trocheck. Yeah. That's a pretty banger slash scoring duo right there. If that if Trocheck yeah, yeah. came back to form, that'd be pretty awesome. Jesper Fast ain't he's not a, a slouch by any means either. It could be a fun sidecar in in deeper mm-hmm. leagues. <coughs> you like Nietzsche's for anything? Like he, uh, if he came up, not yet, no. not yet. He's he's got it, but I, I'd like. Yeah, if he's getting top six time, he is definitely worth a look yeah. from the waiver. Uh, but I'm not drafting him except for the really really deep leagues because he is a player that they know they can move up to the top six if need be. Seems like the power play mostly obvious, but DFO has a Trocheck on it as opposed to Niederreiter. That's something I'm super excited about for for Trocheck value. Trocheck somebody that I could like that I could get behind as a late round pick too. I know, you know, at least here at Five Hole we kind of soured on him a little bit just because. <laughs> sorry, I just I just pulled up the the fucking Anaheim Ducks roster and it's just all red. Um, <laughs> I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> but anyway, like if if Trocheck's on that top power play, like I'm taking a flyer on him. That that's gonna be, you know, that's just. That's fucking member berries right there, man. That's that's nostalgia. Well, and I mean, look at the other four players: Aho, Teravine, and Svech, and Hamilton. Like he could not be <laughs> the in a better position than that. So if he's gonna if it's gonna happen, that's gonna make it happen. I wonder if it's just wishful thinking on their part. I want him to be the way he was for a short while. I just liked him a lot. So I don't know why I pulled the trigger on looking at Anaheim, but I was just curious, like what they got going on. And uh, it's not a lot. (laughs) 
the they got like one second line as their top line and then three third and fourth lines here. Um, but I guess I wanted to check in on their power play. It looks like Shattenkirk. I don't know where they're getting their information. Where is it? It says updated January 8th. So maybe that's maybe it's recent. I just I don't remember seeing any any tweets about it. Any bargain bin shopping worth having here? I mean, the only real benefit I could see is the uh, a pretty weak division. So maybe yeah, they could surprise some people. Maybe one of the younger prospects has a shot playing against some weaker teams to to break out a little bit, but they just are awful. I think I think it's great for Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano. Yeah, Ryan Getzlaff's go out. Ryan Getzlaff's like it doesn't matter. They're you know what I mean. Go out and try to score some goals, man. I just accidentally had a accidental click as well and clicked on the Rangers, which is a little a little juicy actually. What do you got for us? Well, uh, they've got a top line of Kreider, Zabinjad, Buchnevich. I like it. Basically, was called the second line before, I suppose, but it's a decent line. And they got Panarin, Strom, and Kako there. Um, That's good for KK. Yeah. Uh, and then laughs on the third line, but laugh they do have playing right wing on the first power play. Oh, that's interesting. So Kreider, Zabinijad, Lafanier, Panarin, and D'Angelo, and D. Tony D. So, you know, that's a, a big opportunity. Obviously, it's but worth it. That's yeah. a big scooch for Ryan Strom. I'll say that off of that first power play. Is that the case? Putting that's that's who was there last year. They're putting together quite a little offense group down there because their second PP is Buchnevich, Strom, Kako, and Fox and Truba. So that's not even a bad set. Which is which is a pretty good power play unit. In, in Fucking a, itself. yeah! Like if if Kako if Kako gets it together this year, that's like one of the better second power play units they got they got out there. And the top power play units, no fucking slouch. Like Jesus, Zibanejad, Panarin, two hundred point players. The number one draft pick. Oh, it's gross. I hate this. You know, obviously everything's going to change and we're all just talking out of our ass, really. But, you know, yeah. if, if Kreider doesn't, you know, maybe if he ends up being a bit old or I don't know, if they want to shake things up, he could come off there. And, uh, you know, they did experiment a bit. Tony D and Adam Fox swapping those guys around. But that's, man, that's a good top 10 players right there. Taking a look now at Colorado's top six, even like you, you got Landis on line two with Kadri and Brandon Saad. Burakowski, top line. What's the power play looking like? Scrolling down, still has Kadri on it. So I'm not sure, but I am kind of like secretly, not even secretly, I'm holding out hope that Burakowski gets top power play time. Mm. Looking at this stacked lineup, guys, like what are your biggest takeaways? They're really good. They are quite good. <laughs> Everywhere, like they just are, yeah, they're just filled with high quality players. They're looking like Tampa Bay West, actually, and their defense is so good. Their defense is sneaky good. On sneaky good, dude. Now. On daily faceoff, they're green up and down. Okay, no kidding. Like, like the whole defense is green. All four lines are green by the Corsica rating. Jesus, it's not fair. Like they do. I mean, they got McCarr. They got. I mean, even behind McCarr, they've now got. Taves, Gerard, like they're they're gonna win. Eric Johnson, yeah. Ryan Graves just rolling around hitting people. <laughs> Devin Taves on the top pairing. I think that one could get interesting. Like if he if he sniffs this second power play time that DFO has him there, that that could get that could be a fun depth play. 
I don't like it. I'm just, like I said in another episode earlier, I'm just glad that we don't have to play them. Colorado and Vegas for the West. Not much so dispute. Let's let's talk about Dallas now, who I guess had a, a COVID outbreak, as did um, Columbus, I think Columbus. you said too, right? Uh, Columbus said they withheld 16 guys from practice today, and they listed them, and it was pretty much everybody that you've ever heard of on Columbus for precautionary oh, no. reasons. But on Dallas, somebody, they just said, at least what I heard, they said someone in the organization tested positive. Yeah, I think it was like four players and a coach or something, but... But what happened now is that they are in 14-day quarantine, the whole team. So they are canceling the first three games of the season, which I think includes a Tampa game, a Florida game. And I can't remember the the third game. But Dallas is going to be out for three games, going to postpone them for later. Mm. Um, I think a lot of these fantasy guys, like Fantrax, ESPN, Yahoo, they're all, I think they're going to like retrofit it, which is really strange. So like, yeah, those postponed games, I guess they're going to put the points, you know, back, like back pay almost. Yeah. How, so do I have to roster those guys like four weeks from then or whatever? Like whenever they do, I have to roster them it's or gonna are they going to take the points from my bench? That's really weird. I don't know how the fuck that, they're going to do that it. That was a question that I actually was going to bring up is what do they do? Because also... Because normally, you know, what most of the time, what most leagues do is they don't play the last week because of the the whole benching the stars kind of kind of thing. But this year, during that last couple of weeks, like teams might have played like very different amount of games at that point, right? Because some mm-hmm. teams like this, they might they might have a if they get a fourteen day quarantine in the middle of the season, that could be six seven games. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. I think this is something that's going to happen. It's going to happen more than once too. So. Just again, the waiver wire is going to be your friend this year. Oh, yeah. This is just the beginning. This can, is it. <laughs> can I just give a Dallas conspiracy theory? Sure. That's when Sagan's due back is when these new games are rescheduled for. It's all a big scam. They're going to postpone all their games until Sagan's back. They're just paying off and one Bishop. of them. Yeah. <laughs> Raj read that on the dark web. <laughs> All right, just because I have to, I want to talk about the Minnesota Wild, and then we can finish off on... The Montreal Canadiens, unless you guys got anybody else like really weird. Yeah, if you if you guys got any teams you want to check into, let me know. But right now I want to talk about Minnesota, Nick Bugstad, number one center. I hate it up and down, especially for Fiala stock. Like Marcus Johansson and Nick Benino as your line mates. Don't like that at all for Fiala. This is sad. This is sad looking at this. But it does look like they're stacking a top unit for the first time in a long time. And the first unit does include Kirill Kaprizov and Dumba and Spurgeon. So to me, this looks like finally we're going to get a true number one power play. But outside of that, like it's just it's disheartening all around. I think Camp Talbot might be the first guy I'd go after outside of Kaprizov just for shits and giggles. Well, I do think that it's fun that it looks like they're probably going to give Kirill Kaprizov, you know, the longest rope as humanly possible. Yeah. You know, that's another thing, too. I think. The leash is going to be short on a lot of lines this year, just going with that baseball schedule. And then, like, there's no time to lose, right? It's like, what, 25 mm-hmm. games less? So you really got to make something work. So I think we're going to see a lot of movement. So <laughs> this is just a fun exercise that we're doing shitting on these guys' rosters. But here we are in Montreal. The biggest takeaway for me is that Alexander Romanov is practicing on power play two, a power play in which 
is fucking stacked. Thomas Tatar, Brendan Gallagher, Jesperi Kakanyemi, Josh Anderson. That's your second power play unit. Top unit to Foley, Dren, and Suzuki with Weber and Petrie stacked on one unit. That's exciting. Montreal is dangerous this year, actually, man. Looking at that. Like, they're good. They're good. They're good. And they got a defense, too, man. <clears throat> and they actually have a backup goalie. They've got a lot going on. That top nine is filthy. It's fucking filthy. Tafoli, Kakanyemi, Yolarmia. That's your third line. Yeah, your your worst player is Yolarmia. <laughs> that's not bad at all. And then, dude, this fucking fourth line is just straight bangers. Like, you have a banger on every line. Corey Perry, Yolarmia, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher. Down that right wing. Christ. That's a Nothing lot of bangs. Hits. That's They're going to be a hard-playing team. I, I will say, I, I love the Canadians this year. I, I told you they've been moving in the right direction. That's right, yeah. And TJ, I'm glad you've... Everybody finally came around on Nick Suzuki. No kidding. But look at that. They've got Weber. They got Sherratt. They've got Petrie. And now their Romanov looks like he's playing. Like, you're going to get hurt playing those guys. Hmm. <laughs> you're going to get good defense. Around. Jeff Petrie banks, too. Defense. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I think I think Carey Price is a, is a great pickup this year. I think so, too. I think that's... Uh, <sighs> man, he, he might even... Let me think about it. Uh, him and Freddie, actually Hellebuck. It's hard to say, but you know, second best goalie in the uh, in the Canadian division. Yeah, and when I guess Markstrom's up there too. I don't want to go down that road, but there's good goalies in Canada for sure. But there's only one or two teams that have D to go with it, and this is one of them. And this is one of them. Yeah, him and Calgary. Calgary. Mm-hmm. All right. I know I said only two more, but Zach, I just want to throw it out there. Your boy Rob Tom is playing with Mike Hoffman on the second line. In St. Louis. That's exciting. Could it be the year? No. I don't buy it. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I just don't. I, like, I don't know. Robert Thomas seems like one of those guys that shows up big in the playoffs. And that's kind of what Brian Russ did for years. Like, he would get more time on ice in the playoffs and, like, he would show up and then, boom, he would be on, like, the third line again at the start of ne- at the start of next season. Rob Thomas seems to be doing the same thing over and over again. Well, digging into I that. I Zach Sanford better. I wish Zach Sanford would be able to get more time on the top six. Well, I'll tell you what. Just digging into that, Brian Rust had his big year on the second line. Now you find Robert Thomas on the second line. He's got his points per 60 were always good, but the shots just were never really weren't there. Being a center, having all that responsibility, like you're playing between Hoffman and Schwartz, so it could, it really could work out. Don't want to shit or cancel on robert thomas or anything but it's just well like, i think I mean, i'm so jaded that robert thomas is you know in the center because they actually are pretty stacked on their wings yeah in general they have they have a stacked top nine like top nine wingers yeah i guess they needed to move it like shen has even played center too so like mm-hmm. shen o'reilly and perron that's going to be a dangerous line a uh, random note about another team just the the burns carlson situation oh uh, go on burns is uh burns has been on the top pp and the second pp and carlson has been joining in on the on the second one which is weak <laughs> marlo <laughs> is playing on the second power play so donato but uh yeah it doesn't look like they're they're liking carlson or unless they're just worried he's going to be injured or something yeah baby steps baby steps of course they're worried that he's going to be injured he he does that from time to time uh two things i just want to really quickly note when i'm looking at the vegas golden knights not only is chandler stevens in the center between max pacioretty and mark stone but that's now the top line 
apparently on paper on daily face off. So take it for what it is, but daily face off has that as the top line Chandler Stevenson, number one center. Sick. Sick. Do you, do you want to, do you want me to pat you on the back from over here? No, I've been doing it all day. So I like, it. it's kind of sore. I don't <laughs> I'm really, sure you have. <laughs> um, and Cody glass all the way down to the third line. Brutal. Um, I mean, Nicholas raw, wah, and Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. He's when, fun. When are, when are you ever going to do anything? How's he going to? Look at the the wings ahead of him, man. Where the fuck is he going to go? Stone yeah, Smith. Nowhere to go. Nowhere. He's a third yeah, liner. Nowhere to go. Third liner for life, man. Um, and then I want to. I wanted to talk about Anthony Duclair, but we we've we've done plenty of that. He's going to be on the top line, but I think it's worth digging into the power play units in Florida too, where Aaron Ekblad has been practicing, as has Alex fucking Wenberg dude is it a comeback tour for Alex Wenberg like do you guys remember when when Atkinson went off for like a ton of goals and Wenberg was relevant and then <laughs> we forgot about Wenberg and now he's on the second line top power play in Florida we're, we're, just look at these power plays man what are you thinking like everybody collective everybody thought Patrick Hornquist was going to be on the top power play but it's Alex fucking Wenberg uh, no, what do you guys think I think no it's not <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe try him there, but I mean, I think you just, you don't need to try out Hornquist, right? Like, you know what he's going to do. He's going to put yeah. his huge ass in front of the net and just wing it around at people. And, As yeah. advertised. So I like Carter Verhage. He's getting some second power play time. For sure. Yeah. I think he was, uh, what was he like fourth line center in, in Tampa. So little coming out party for him on the other side of Florida, dude, I'm liking all of the potential in this top power play unit like Duclair, Wenberg, Ekblad, three guys that are gonna get gonna get new looks and could be could be great ADP value if you guys are going into your drafts. Just just watch out for Aaron Ekblad, man. It's time. Aaron Ekblad season. One other note, I know we wanna you wanted to wrap it up here, but one player and line that we've been watching closely is the Buffalo third wheel. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems to be Olafson again. And then on uh, the first PP is Olafson and Reinhardt with the obvious three. So Jeff Skinner awesome. down on the the second unit, which I guess is to be expected. But yeah, dude, I'm looking at the rest of these lines and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like top line, like the Ducks, the Coyotes, <sighs> LA. Like I don't care. I think that's those are all the ones I was yeah man. interested in. I mean, Senators are going to be a fun team to see just what happens, but. A lot of depth at center too, like in the in the pipeline. So like these PLD rumors have just been going everywhere, and and Ottawa is trying to like thump their chest, like, hey man, don't forget about us. But uh, we'll see. I don't think PLD is going anywhere. I hope not. But nobody wants to play in Columbus. That's gonna be it for tonight's impromptu episode, talking about shitting on lines and stuff like that. So it was fun. I mean, we got to all come into it with like no research outside of just having daily face off open. So fun episode. Thanks for listening, guys. If you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You guys can join our fantasy hockey Discord if you want to get in on the chat. And until next time, guys, we love you. Love you. Love you.